Members. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. I'd like to welcome our first guest, Sue Wilder. She's a Managing Director at the Lunchbox Fund. Sue, good evening and happy Africa Day. Thank you, Patricia. I was just telling Ben that Africa Unite, uh, we were singing that when I was at university in 1979. Um, I still remember the cover of the album that came from Survival. It's mm. just crazy to think that these songs have lasted so long. I guess it's the song and the sentiment and, you know, what it means to us all. And I, 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 do you think from that time when you were in university mm. singing the song and chanting to it mm-hmm. to now, 2021, things have changed for the better for Africans? Oh, wow. That's a deep dive conversation, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, in our country particularly, you know, there's, there's, oh boy, I was about to say there's more equality, but, but you know, we suffer from so much inequality. Um, at least apartheid has been d- dismantled, and, you know, we're working on rebuilding. And, of course, that's going to take a long, long time um, until everybody has what they need, you know, the, the, the basic human rights that we all deserve through just being human. I think that also there's a wonderful regeneration of Africa in a lot of different ways that we've seen coming through in art and music. You know, a friend of mine is uh, works for a record company in UK, and she's been made head of African music, which says a lot about the fact that our music is now traveling to other parts of the world. We don't have to sound like everybody else. I mean, we're seeing the same thing with our fashion. We're seeing the same thing with our art. You know, when 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 we're able to spend time on the pursuits of our spirits and of our souls, I think that shows that there is a growth and a regeneration in our continent. And I mean, we are fantastic human beings, I think, Africans. So I have all the confidence in the world and optimism for us. Well, I'm glad that there's confidence and optimism for Africa. And yes, definitely, we are great. But I sometimes worry about, you know, some of the developmental issues that we are faced with as Africans. I mean, you at uh, Lunchbox Fund Mm. have been working hand in hand uh, with the ShopRite group to uh, try and eliminate the issue of stunting, uh, growth stunting in children and chronic uh, malnutrition, which is something that is quite prevalent in South Africa. It certainly is. You know, it's prevalent across our country, uh, across our continent. But in South Africa, around 25% of our children are stunted. And I mean, you know that stunting is a combination of things, um, mostly derived from poor, poor nutrition in the first thousand days of a child's life, and the sort of repeated infections and that they suffer from because their, their systems are impaired, and also inadequate psychosocial stimulation. So you have this sort of early learning situation where the child isn't getting fed, isn't getting stimulated, and isn't getting health care, and it becomes something that they really never really recover from unless there is intervention early and sustained, and that it's an intervention that covers all of their needs, not just one particular need. Where should this intervention be coming from? Because we are aware that in South Africa, we've got a very vibrant public health care system mm. that uh, provides for, for uh, uh, you know, the, the, the health care in terms of vaccinations for the children when they are born and up until mm. the age of 12. And at, in some cases, we've heard of reports that even in the hospitals, they'll give out um, almost like um, nutritious porridges mm. and the likes. But w- w- who must be playing this role in a bigger uh, spectrum? 
Well, I mean, it's a difficult thing, really, because, you know, to expect a government to feed every single human being that that lives in the country, you know, all the time is tough, especially considering that we're a developing nation and there's so much else to do. We have to start with our women, I think. We have to start with our women when they're young. We've got to give them equal rights. We've got to make sure they're educated. We've got to make sure that they know what it entails to have children and what will be asked of them. Um, and when they are pregnant, we've got to make sure that they, they receive adequate nutrition themselves, you know, so that their babies in the womb grow in a healthy way. Um, I really feel that our government, I'm very proud of our government in a lot of ways. I think we do some things incredibly well. You know, our response to HIV and AIDS is sustained. It's smart. It's basically gotten rid of mother-to-child transmission. We have ARVs for everybody who needs them, and those are free. We have free healthcare system that works in some places better than others. We have the National School Nutrition Program, which feeds our children for a meal a day when they get into, you know, grade R or grade one and through to the end of their school. But the endemic poverty that exists in our country undermines a lot of that. And then, of course, we have other issues where our money, our government's money, is not being used in the way it should be used and perhaps has been misused. So it's, it's hard, but I, I think that there are a lot of people who are invested in turning this around. There are a lot of incredible NPOs that are working hand-in-hand hand with the government to try and find innovative solutions to this problem of how do we make sure our children don't suffer from malnutrition from in the womb onwards. You know, creating a, a, a public-private partnership like we've done with ShopRite allows for sustained funding to go into an organization that is addressing, you know, nutrition at school. So we can make sure that when our kids do get to school, they are able to actually learn because they have the fuel to learn. You know, that's what the meal provides. Once you're educated, mm. then you know there's more options. Mm, mm. Yeah. Definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. Education is very vital, and um, this uh, fight against the malnourishment and and chronic malnourishment mm. should be fought on all angles, yes. and uh, no one should be excluded. But uh, I sometimes ask myself if we as South Africans are are exposed to the correct. Uh, nutritional value of the foods that mm. we eat or are we going to the retail stores to buy food based on taste buy food based on price because you can imagine if someone is earning a social grant and they have mm. no other means of income that social grant needs to feed the child that they that they have given birth to but it also needs to feed them yeah absolutely and many other people usually mm. too mm. you know whoever is is drawing income into um, a home or a, ha a family or an extended family or a group of people is responsible for a lot more people than we realize very often. You know, what, what we're also seeing really disturbingly is the, like a triple threat. We're seeing stunting, malnourishment, and obesity in the same child. And the reason for that is that parents who, are earn, who, who aren't earning an equitable amount of money that allows them to buy quality food for their children, reach for what they can af afford, and very often that'll be calorifically empty. 
So, you know, one thing that drives me absolutely bananas when I go into all our little schools is I'll see these these kids and they'll have those little packets of chips that you get from the sort of the corner spaza and a little bottle of cool drink. And the chips are just fat and air and the cool drink is just sugar. And it breaks my heart because I know that the mom or the dad has get, or the gogo has given the money to the child to get that so the child can take a snack to school. But two rand doesn't really buy you much unless you're an organization like us who's got, you know, scale that you can, you can amortize the cost of meals and, and we can provide a porridge for just over two rand. But it, it's, it is also, I think we've stopped growing things. And there are many, many reasons for that. You know, people have left their homelands, the, a whole generation who may have been the people who were keeping gardens have died because of AIDS. You know, we've lost that sort of being in touch with the fact that nature can provide us with as much as we need to actually be able to grow and thrive. And then there's also exhaustion. There's the indignities of poverty. There's the demotivations of poverty and that you know the basic realities and and we see it a lot in our work of a lady who's 70 years old who's looking after five children and you know she's doing absolutely everything she can but at the end of the day she really is not able to put you know protein vegetables starch some fat on the table every single day for the children so she needs to feed them what she can and ultimately that turns out to be calorifically high perhaps in a carbohydrate but not having the rest of the balanced items you know the soup that we we, we work we worked with Sazani Foods on for for right brand at ShopRite is fortified with with a full range of vitamins and minerals to ensure that the people who are actually buying it because it's a very low-cost item to ensure that the people that are buying it are actually getting those essential things for themselves so that they can help their bodies or their immune systems to at least remain strong. It's a big mountain to climb. Mm, definitely a big mountain to climb. And it, it, it brings sadness to my heart to think that mm. we are still, um, w- with so many years of democracy in South Africa, faced with um, such a, a minor issue in, in, in my taking. It mm. just needs more education. Let's take a bit of a break. A-teamers, I'd love to hear from you. Do you feel that we should be employing more ways to combat malnourishment and to encourage better uh, um, you know, health decisions amongst ourselves and our community? and to support each other as Africans. Our guest is Sue Wildish, and you can call in on 011-714-2006 to contribute or even WhatsApp 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. Here on 104 to 107 Nationwide SFM leading the conversation, we are currently talking, uh, raising awareness on uh, the issue of malnourishment and uh, its effect on uh, 
uh, growth stunting in children in South Africa. It's reported that about 1.5 million South African children are impacted by uh, uh, growth stunting and malnourishment, which is chronic. So it's it's a real serious issue in our country. We have our guest managing director of the Lunchbox Fund, Sue Wildish, and she's taking us through the programs that they have put together in partnership with um, big brands who are able to make sure that this particular issue is brought to a stop. But obviously, they can't do it on their own. We need to all put our hands together, support every initiative that is out there so we can see our South African children growing healthily and uh, being able to become viable in our economy. The number to dial to interact with us on is 011-714-2006 or you can WhatsApp 0614-104-107. I'm going to go to the lines. I've got uh, Felicity on the line. Felicity, A-Team, good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you, Patricia? Good, thank you. Good evening to you. Good evening to your guests as well. Thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, my daughter turned six on Sunday. Happy birthday to the angel. Um, she used to be an angel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She still is an angel. No, and I was, I was listening to, to you guys talking and I thought to myself, I wish my mother could listen to this conversation because she always says, no, leave the child. She's a child. Children eat whatever they want to eat. But I said to her, you forget that she's going to grow and then she's going to be obese and unhealthy. And then there are children who bully you simply because you're bigger than other children. And she thinks I'm blowing things out of proportion. And what I also realized is that the people who don't eat the correct food, it's not always because there's no budget to eat the right food. It's because people have a budget and they buy processed food. Mm. That's what I think. Mm. I mean, uh, I don't know if your guest will agree with me. What's the point of buying olive oil if you're going to be frying bacon and ham? You have got money for olive oil. You've got money for bacon and ham. But those are just all fatty junk stuff. That's, well, that's, that's my secret. I think but it thank comes... You for this. Thank you for this conversation and thank you for your your initiative. Thank you very much, Felicity. Let's give it to Sue to comment. Sue? I think that personal choice, of course, does inform uh, what a person will eat. But personal choice very often comes from what they've learned at the table when they were little. And what they learned at the table was probably what whoever was bringing them up had taught them. So, you know, it goes to what you were saying about how do we educate people to eat better? And that has to happen in in a number of places. It has to happen in public discourse like we're doing now. It has to happen in policy through the government. It needs to happen in school. There needs to be those conversations. And then, of course, it needs to happen in the home. And it needs to get back to the... All the things that we know, all of us know what makes us feel healthy and what doesn't. If you're eating a lot of fat every day and you're the person who's fly, frying, as Felicity said, um, thing, you know, bacon and olive oil, maybe you are hurting your heart. But if you're eating that with a big salad and lots of vegetables, 
then maybe you're balancing it out. So I think it comes down to looking at your lifestyle and the food that you're eating. And most, like you say about your daughter, Felicity, about what your daughter's eating and what your mom's feeding your daughter and what your daughter is going to have to go through as she gets older, dealing with weight that she's put on and dealing with the impact that it's had on her health. I mean, we are a country that has type 1 and type 2 diabetes as an endemic issue. And that is not just because of the fact that it is something that we suffer from as we get older, perhaps. It's also through our eating choices. And that costs the government and it costs our health system a fortune every year dealing with diabetes, just diabetes. And we have heart disease. You know, so what we eat, if you think about it, it's as simple as if we were a, a, a motor car, we wouldn't put a little bit of oil, a little bit of sugar, you know, a lot of fat into our tanks. We would only put petrol into our tanks. We would look at putting good fuel into our tanks that would help us to move forward at the speed that we need to move forward to. But as human beings, we don't eat that. We don't do that. We tend to eat what we like, what we fancy, what's to hand, what's easy. Mm. Let me go to more of our A-teamers. Remember, we are talking about the state of malnourishment in South Africa. And yes, some might have uh, the means to eat healthy, but choose not to. But this is more than just a choice. It's about those who really don't have, who can't um, get the means. We can easily say, go and plant a vegetable garden. Other people live in areas that are so congested that yeah. th- there's nowhere for them to plant a garden. So let's let's look beyond those who have have and look towards assisting those who really genuinely do not have. Let me go to Peter on the line. Peter, good evening, yeah. Atima. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Excellent. How are you, Peter? I'm good in you, Patricia. Mm, what's your comment? And thanks to the listeners. Uh, I just want to make a point that uh, somewhere, somehow, uh, there's, we, we are missing a point. As uh, South Africans or as Africans, we we grew up eating cow dung as little children. Everybody who's listening to you, they know that we used to eat chicken. Peter, you say as little children, you grew up eating cow dung. I've just verified with Phineas um, and and Braben who are slightly older than me. Um, so they say they've never eaten that. I've never eaten that. So maybe let's not say as Africans we okay. because uh, I, mean, I have no proof that cow dung can be, <laughs> can be All right, eaten. Patricia, if I can have a video of you, if I have a personal number, I will... <laughs> I can I send you that. that when okay, so are, what's your point, when Peter? Are that, you know what? Uh, you know what happens, man. I grew up in a family where, when you don't say you don't feel like eating meat, your father will feel like, "Are you okay? Are you alright? Mm, are you sick or whatever?" I grew up in that, but you know, in the background, I used to do that. We used to eat ants. You know, and we mix them with grapes and then we eat them with grapes. Where did you grow up, Peter? <laughs> I grew up in Houting in Mamilodi. Hey, but what Mamilodi? Okay. So Mamilodi, your, your point is yeah, what? Do, do, okay. So, so your point is? My point is, you know, children are growing. Uh, we've got our 
our women that we make children with, and then we break up on the later stage. You understand? When we break up on the later stage, then the woman, because of the father uh, he's working, then the father must support the child. Okay, fine. That's the duty of a father to support the child. And then the woman, they, they don't feel that that pressure that we are feeling. I'm earning 3,000 rands a month, and then I'm trying with the 500 rands to support my child. Okay, uh, so, so now, Peter, yeah, so are you saying that these children should now be going back to eating cow dung and ants and grapes mixed together um, because you're earning 3,000 rands? I'm trying to understand what, where you're trying to go. Yes, we are trying for our children to grow as best as they can. Uh, as they can. Now I'm staying in Middleback and I'm subscribed to a group of uh, Middleback uh, caregivers. So we're looking after children, we're supporting children, we whatever donations that we get we we go to schools we go to poor families we get uh teachers from schools that will identify families that they've got children that don't even eat breakfast and then mm. we go to schools and then negotiate that okay this child can eat breakfast from school that's that's a great work that you are doing, Peter. Thank you very much for sharing. Although I'm still very, uh, you know, worried about this whole ant and dung eating issue. Let me go to Jay. Jay, good evening, Atima. Uh, good evening to you, Pat, Patricia, and to our guest. Yes, it's a very, very important uh, uh, subject that you brought up. I hope this, uh, that you can be brought up during the day when more parents and listeners can participate and bring forth this lunchbox idea. You know, uh, in um, it's gone are the days when you could eat meat practically every day of the, you know, week because they lived in the countryside. There was lots of, lots of fresh air, exercise, manual work, and, uh, you know, not sitting and watching television and holding the cell phones and all that what's happening now with processed food, canned stuff and preservatives, uh, all this has contributed to obesity. And later on, uh, in old age, that is why the hospitals and medical facilities are so overloaded if the government is not going to take a hand in curbing the way foods are processed, even the very milk that comes in cartons, if you have to go into that, just this week here, I learned so much. We have given up all cartoon milk. If I can get my hands on uh, fresh milk from the cow, I will take it readily, but I am going on the alternative. Coming back to children, how do we train children from not eating, uh, you know, chips and drinking? In my home, we haven't seen mineral on our tables and chips and um, buns and, you know, all this fried stuff. So right from the beginning, not even purity I bought from the uh, 
door and said, it was done at home and uh, vegetables. And as my boys grew up, I gave them stories about each veg, what it does for your hair, your eyes, your speech, and growing up into being becoming strong men and things like that. Now, if we spend a little bit more time at our markets where the ladies come and sell the veg, and if we buy for the week or two weeks, we can take them a long way. It's Thank you very much, Jay. Meat. Thank no, you. you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Okay, Let me go uh, to Anonymous. Anonymous, good evening, Atima. Good evening. I'm enjoying the dung and the end story. Have you eaten <laughs> it as well? I must tell you, you know, my granny came from India and she said, you know what, when you eat ants, you get bright eyes. I don't know how true it is, but she says when you eat ants, you get very bright eyes. Mm. I'm okay. not sure. I'm not <laughs> What's sure, your but contribution my to our? Teller, so she would know that, and she knows about herbal medication. You What's know? your contribution to our topic? Okay, my contribution. Your, your guest is hundred percent correct in saying that our body is like a car, which is true. Uh, it's what you put in is what you get out. It's like a computer or a car, because when you uh, when your car is not serviced, you have endless problems with your car. So when your body is not serviced with the right eating, you know, some of us, we eat the right food, but we eat it at the wrong time. We, if I know of members in my family that cook a whole lot of chips and eat chips and meat at night, and that don't burn because you're not working it out. So it doesn't burn. You eat and you sleep. That's when you become obesity. And when you said, Patricia, that you, uh, you, you know, uh, people are congested, no, you can, you can plant them in, bin, in those little black bags and keep them in your balcony or keep them on your, uh, your kitchen, uh, you know, your, the sh- uh, on the outside of the windowsills. You can plant your little herbs in little pots and you can yeah, plant... Yeah, but Anonymous, wa- you see, there's not, not, not everyone in South Africa, not all communities have balconies, windowsills. Some people live in shacks which are literally less than 100 meters away from each other. They don't have running water facilities in this country, in big cities. You know so, what I use in my garden, Patricia? I use recycle. I never ever use fresh water. I use grey water. I use it my would be water. nice if these communities anonymous had yes. that. And I'm going, to, yes. I'm going to mention Alexandra because yes. I've, I go to Alexandra very often and yes. I know the condition in Alexandra. You, right. you, 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 you share a toilet, the water is very far for you to get. It's, yes. So we, we can't try and say grow a garden. It's not always conducive. It's not always possible. Yeah, no, so, I don't so, mean a garden. Yeah. I mean like in in little bags, you know, in the, in the bags, not a garden because there's no place uh, okay. for gardens in housing schemes that are so close to each other. I think there is the potential to have community gardens, which people are starting to do. You know, if you do find a piece of of ground that you could then share and and work together. And there are lovely organizations in this country that are actually teaching people to do that. So, you know, that is that is part of it. Our organization is a plant-based organization. So we don't deliver, you know, within the lunch packs so that we, we, we deliver to the schools, a provisions that can be combined in different ways. We, everything that we send is, Highly nutritious, highly fortified. There's soya mints, there's biryani, there's lentils, there's rice, there's uh, whole wheat pasta and tomatoes and, and baked beans. All of it has been carefully put together to provide a daily meal for a child that is varied, tasty, nutritious, and balanced. So 
the, the need for meat every single day, I think, is a thing that can hobble us, but it is also something that is very much interwoven in the cultural fabric of our country. Mm. So that goes back to the education side of things. How do we say to people, you don't have to eat meat every day, or if you do want to have meat and you do want to eat, say, for instance, chicken, you don't have to eat the fatty pieces of the chicken every time. So I think that the argument goes to how do we help people to get the most out of their food? Where do we reach them? You know, we a lot of our retailers reach people in store by saying you can combine this with this with this. You know, um, you can go into very very far flung places in in Matuba Tuba or you know I was up in Guiani in Limpopo recently, and there are people making little gardens in old tires. So all of it is possible, but it takes education, it takes time, it takes willingness, it takes understanding. And I think that that is the thing that we have to find a way to impart to the people in our country if we want them to eat more healthily. Most definitely. Can I just quickly go to some messages? And then uh, after that, I'd like you to just wrap up and tell us about this initiative so that we can all make sure that we are supporting it. On SMS, this one says, Hi, Patricia, please ask your guest, what's the worst that can uh, happen to a child if a pregnant woman doesn't have a balanced diet? Uh, The mother can go even the whole day without eating. Well, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm not a neonatal specialist, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But, I mean, if you think about it, if the mom isn't eating, then the child is not getting all the nutrients that the mother would normally provide for the child in her body. Mm. It also means that psychologically you have somebody who is weakened by hunger, weakened by the, you know, the, all the fears and insecurities that hunger brings. And then, of course, if your body isn't healthy, it can get attacked by all manner of different bugs and sicknesses and, and, and what have you. So that's not to say the, the, the child will use all of the nutrition that's in the body. So it actually will take a lot of what the mom needs to keep her going. But I think that's something that a doctor or a specialist in that area would need to t- to, to talk about. All right. On uh, WhatsApp, and um, I'm seeing Ben is saying we need to go to our next guest, but on WhatsApp, Kat in Peter Marisburg says, Patricia, it's a great topic, but I need to ask, if we are struggling to feed our kids healthily, why aren't we talking openly about contraception and family planning mm. so that smaller, more affordable, and therefore healthier families become a reality? The last SM, uh, WhatsApp I'm going to go to um, is from an anonymous ATMO who says, Hi, Pat. We used to eat rats, but not the ones from Alexandra, the ones with stripes on the back as well as wild fruits. So, um, Sue, just in closing, um, could you quickly just tell us how we can support this initiative um, as you are doing the education in our communities already and also trying to curb the scourge of this uh, uh, child growth stunting? Well, in a very simplistic sense, you can... If you wanted to, you could donate to the Lunchbox Fund and we'll ensure that your money goes to feed a child. Um, You can join ShopRite in their initiative and purchase the soup that they're sponsoring us a percentage of the sales of of the soup. And you can also just start at home. Think, Think to yourself, when my child goes to school tomorrow and I have to give them something to carry to school, what could I give them that is healthy and tasty 
and not just an empty calorie. And how do we support? Can you give us a website? Yes, it's uh, www.thelunchboxfund.org. Thank you very much, Sue, and good luck to the initiative. Let's hope all South Africans will be well nourished. Thank you for your time.